Hello, welcome to the Bits and Pieces podcast, episode number 26. Gav just told me it and I nearly forgot it immediately. Uh, <laughs> and hello, I'm Nevada Drew, and uh, with me, as always, is Gav. Say hello. Hello, I'm Gav. <laughs> and George, say hello. Hello. Super. It's only been nine months or something ridiculous since we last did a podcast. Um, yeah. This is probably going to be a more off-the-seat-of-our-pants one, because... We haven't prepared at all. Do you, do you mean off the cuff? What did I say? Off off the seat of your pants. <laughs> I think you could go by the seat of your pants. <laughs> but, you know. So, well, you know I mean, start start totally in 2020 with a, with a mixed metaphor. <laughs> uh, well, I think it's, you know, so we're, we're going to talk about 2019 now that we're in the, the 2020 Yes. Uh, and have a little review of what, what we did last year yeah. when it came to, to games. Indeed. Now that uh, this whole new decade has dawned on us, as I as I believe we're all... Uh... Oh, what? Sorry, I got briefly distracted. <laughs> it was like a cliffhanger, <laughs> that was. Sorry. Tune in next week. Uh, editing magic, I'll have to sort that one out. I... Uh... Anyway, what was I saying? Uh, fuck. Well, it's, uh, well, it doesn't matter. I mean, I was on Tentahooks to find out what 2020 yeah, okay. is. As, I, I was going to say, as as I believe we're all uh, children of the 90s, mm. uh, this is the decade where we all turn 30, as uh, I, yeah. I've been yeah. reminded. Yeah. Uh, we're all becoming much older yeah. instantly. Yeah. Bang. Like so. Uh, <laughs> what does it hold for us? Well, I mean... While the future holds decrepitness and death, the past had some games in it because we played games it last did. year. It did. Uh, so, I guess just jumping back right to the start of 2019, uh, that would have been just after 2018. And in 2018, Red Dead 2 came out. Uh, it did. So, yes. we played that. It- they did, they took a while uh, ramming all those cowboys onto the personal computer, though. Yeah, which is why I did not play it until the end of 2019. But we have arrived. We have all wrangled the final cow. And <laughs> we are all boys. <laughs> anyway, Red Dead boys. 2, I really liked it. It was a great conclusion. Well, I said something. Conclusion? Preclusion? To Red Dead One, uh, and it's kind of like I don't know. I don't, I know some of you. Guys, you guys, I think never you had sort of mixed feelings about it, but yeah, for me it was kind of everything I was, I was, I was hoping for. Really, I, I I mean I did really enjoy it. I just felt like it could have been a lot better. It, I don't know. I, I still feel like it suffers from a, like a split personality of being trying to be two different things that uh, sort of incoherent with each other. Um. However, it is it it was an amazing it is an amazing game. I just think a it probably could have been about a third of the length, and uh, b could have had something that was more than just every mission is a big gunfight where you kill like sixty people, um, uh. which I feel there were more interesting ways of dealing with a lot of situations. However, the story is really good, and. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it had me 
in tears by the end of of certain parts. So. Oh yeah. So I guess if if you didn't play Red Dead Two, it's the story of a grumpy cowboy and his F quest to be less grumpy, uh, and just have a nice retirement. Uh, however, he needs to do one final score, get some money, so that they can all run away from the law. <laughs> it's uh, not like you're doing like really got a poem there. <laughs> yeah, unintentional. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean that that is most of the game. You're constantly like you're running away from the police that is chasing your gang, uh, and you're trying to get enough money to go and settle down somewhere. Yeah. Um, in Tahiti. Yeah, in Tahiti with the mangoes. It's, well, it's like, it, like it's, it's like three different places because like you're con- you're being led along by sort of cult like cult personality, uh, Dutch Vanderland, who's constantly promising that the future is bright, and if you can just achieve this one mad plan, you can all go and retire. Uh, it's always just over the hill. Exactly. One one last hardship. Yeah. Ad infinitum. Uh. And I thought his, like the character of Dutch sort of degrading over the course of the entire game was great because you don't see a huge amount of Dutch in the first Red Dead game, which is set later on, kind of after the demise of the gang. Uh, and you you hear about him a lot in Red Dead, and you only meet him at the game's sort of conclusion, where you have a big standoff with him, uh, and he he jumps off a cliff. Yeah, you meet him in in that game as this kind of. Uh... Yeah, this like, you know, faded, charismatic personality who's gone a bit off the rails, and you've spent the whole game hearing about him as this, uh, like, borderline mythical figure, and then he shows up, and he's basically, uh, kind of uh, a nutcase leading more people into disaster. Yeah, he he needs is... he needs the love of a of of a, of, a, of a group of people who just want to. He he has big ideals and he loves people loving his big ideals, uh, and always willing to just do crazy stuff. So even after the gang collapses that you're you ride within Red Dead Two, he just goes off and finds other groups of people to convince to do uh, bad things. Yeah, I think it's interesting how they they almost like foreshadow some bits of that in the game. I mean, obviously through the whole game, but because <clears throat> you know in Red Dead Two, uh, they kind of hooked it in where you interact with uh the same group of native americans or at least some of the same group that uh he then convinces in the first red dead to like hide out in the mountains with them and stuff yeah and yeah that was that was a particularly sad sort of storyline uh where yeah i guess you think i think that was like it's exposed more before then but you see just kind of how willing dutch is to just throw people away to achieve his aims uh as this is part of the storyline where he basically uh, sort of provokes a lot of uh, Native Americans who have been constantly pushed out of their land by the US Army uh, and basically penned into this tiny, tiny settlement. Uh, and he basically just constantly provokes them to violence in order to create a distraction for his gang. Yeah. While pretending to have their interests at heart, he's ultimately just exploiting them for uh, his plan yeah, to have for his a own, shot his own good that, that, i thought that was a really interesting part of the story because you know you had uh arthur who was kind of making friends with the uh the old chief guy and trying to be a bit of a mitigating influence yes yeah, so and you, and you have you have the choice as well because there's so there's the yeah there's the there's the gang chief rains fall who 
is just you know heartbroken at the loss of their land, their culture, but wants to see wants to avoid bloodshed because he knows that it'll just lead to kind of the tribe dying. Uh, but then his sort of his son, who is very hot headed, uh, called Eagle Flies, and just constantly wants to go and seek revenge. And Dutch basically just leverages that uh, to create more distractions. Yeah, I felt like that was the kind of bit where for. I think in like Arthur's character development, like I think he really started to understand the kind of person Dutch was, mm. because you know that's where he sees him kind of manipulating people in the same way he manipulates them, but from like an outsider's perspective. Yeah, because you, you sort of there's lots of, sort of hints at it beforehand where Dutch is sort of like the, like you see, there are some cracks like from Arthur's perspective where Dutch is sort of maybe having a bad idea. But it's always from the perspective of the person being manipulated, and so you never quite see the other side. But then he gets this opportunity to witness Dutch. Yeah, from that from that outside perspective, just uh, yeah, basically, and it ends up leading the encouraging the Indians to just ride into a massacre. Yeah, because uh, you can, and but you can choose to help. I which which path did you take? So I spent the whole game. Well, not like the during that segment trying to help Rains fall, basically look after his son and preserve the peace. But oh yeah, I was the same. You know, yeah, good yeah. boy Arthur all the way. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, like I was the ultimate good boy. But there are like the game does present you with some options to be. I don't know. Like I want to say more self-serving and basically a dick as Arthur, but that just that seemed wrong to what the game ultimately intended for Arthur. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree there. It, uh, because it, the sort of end result is like the, the way the story goes is that it's, it's supposed to be trying to well redeem himself i mean who would have guessed um, from the title of the game but like and kind of learn to be a little bit more sort of self-sacrificing rather than self-serving so but mm-hmm. arthur still even with that he still has he's still he's still far more morally sort of gray than in the original red dead with where John Mazin is completely reformed, Arthur is still kind of, in a lot of circumstances, he'll help the people he likes and knows. Yeah, he's very, he's very extend beyond that. Yeah, he's he's incredibly loyal to the gang, but he's ultimately just still, I can't, you know, someone that will murder someone because they threaten the people that he loves, even like, yeah, because it's utilitarian. Like, you'll, like, and you have the side missions where you can just sort of help out stranded people, but ultimately it's still a. Uh, you know, he's not a, yeah. like, you know, a righteous like a righteous person by any stretch of it. As ever, the kind of moral choice parts of games like this, I sometimes don't really see the point in them. I, I think some of the choices you could make were interesting, like the way some missions change depending on side missions you did. Mm. But, like, the whole honour meter kind of, again, seemed a bit, a bit pointless, because, like... The, the, only, the only meaningful way to get, like, incredibly negative honour was to just run around free roam sandbox massacring people basically <laughs> yeah. for no good reason pretty much yeah i mean like, um, there's like there's a handful of choices where you can get it in the storyline but it's not it's it's you know it's a small change rather than yeah there's a bit in that i remember i doing specifically because i didn't mean to do it because i pressed the wrong button uh, <laughs> there's a couple of those throughout that i mean doing something stupid by pressing the wrong button is like when you go and save john from the prison camp mm. and then you take someone hostage and then you release them and you're like, yeah, you've released them. Positive honour. 
But then if you accidentally shoot that same person, you get a negative honour back again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, that, that was one of those moments of like, I didn't mean to do that. It was in like locked onto him by accident, shot him in the back of the head. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, like, ultimately cause Arthur dies at the end of the game and then it will give you a little ending depending on like how honourable you are. Uh, and and it kind of and it, I guess it, it alludes to it throughout the game depending on how you're doing. But Arthur is ill and constantly has visions like you know sort of blacking out. Uh, and it's not, it's not necessarily visions, but it's sort of like dreamlike interludes shown to the player mm. uh, of sort of nature scenes. Uh, and if you've got low honor, it's a wolf at I think sunset, or like it's dark and it's misty, and there's a wolf walking around. Yeah. Uh, whereas if you've got high honor, it's a sort of Sunset or sunrise, uh, deer in a forest. Yeah, um, I think at certain points in the game, I had the wolf, and then after a certain extent, certain point, I started just seeing the deer. So I think it's kind of a nice sort of visual of mm. sort of how your sort of overall honor with him is going. So I like that part of it. I don't necessarily think that the sort of the binary sort of your good or bad kind of way that a lot of the sort of positive negative portrays it is anywhere near as subtle as that kind of a wolf looking after his pack or a deer in sort of inhabiting an environment in a more sort of um I forgot what the kind of what the word is but like a more sort of friendly way <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh, yeah because I, cause I wonder because like because it has an honor, but obviously it has an honor bar to like numerically show your official good rating. Yeah. Whether you're going to go to the good place or the bad place. Uh, and I wonder whether the part, like, whether. Because I think, you know, the game could function perfectly fine without it and still do all the stuff it does in reaction to how sort of good you've played Arthur. So yeah. I wonder if the inclusion of the honor bar is just as. is basically to encourage certain play styles so that you're chasing. Like being good if you want to max it out, yeah. Or, quite, quite I possibly. guess if you want to do it the other way. Mm-hmm. So it's that to encourage certain people who. Well, I don't know. It's a weird one because, like, I struggle to imagine a person that's just like, I just want max honor. I don't know. I just played like, I think that yeah. It sounds like we all played Arthur as just like the best possible good boy. Because <laughs> uh, yeah. I couldn't do anything else. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there was also so, so, kind of not really a point. There's often a benefit to like doing things like going around and just sort of having a massacre or like shooting people up and robbing them and stuff. There wasn't really a lot of benefit from doing that. No, like that—that that was yeah. the thing I found myself having long stretch of the game where I'd like I'd you like I just wasn't doing any shooting or like most of the game ended up just being like riding about doing. A little bit, a little bit of hunting, uh, doing all the chores around camp, and I was just like, "What? What am I just playing? You know, ca- like camping simulator for yeah. <laughs> for three hours?" Uh, I think that those are the best parts of mm. Over Red Dead Two as well. Those bits where you sort of inhabit that world as the the role playing aspect of it of sort of inhabiting Arthur's role as sort of trying to reform himself and part of this extended family. And then you have the flip side of that where he's like trying to to sort of improve and then you end up leaving behind 
sort of a graveyard's worth of bodies after many, many missions. That's yeah. when it sort of um, it starts to fray at the edges for me a bit. Um, well, I think it's I think it's just the, I don't know. I was like, I don't think it necessarily applies to GTA, but I feel like there's like like two lo- different types of story. I think GTA yeah. is a spectacle story, and Red Dead is very much a. This is yeah. Well, I mean, like also like and like GTA is just more like it's more absurdist, and so yeah. Yeah. Whereas, whereas Red Dead is a much more serious kind of moral tale. But I think, like, because Rockstar games are generally like, I don't know, in Red Dead especially, like, I I really enjoyed like the shooting and just the that just function of the game. Like, I I thought the, like the gunfights are all good fun just because they have such a brilliant physics system, so that like people react in satisfying ways. Uh, which made me think of so the like Max Payne three. I mean, very old game now, like two thousand twelve. Uh, that was a game that again was one of Rockstar's most serious games, and it's still sort of a noir take, but it takes Max itself Payne. quite seriously. That had a real disconnect between the story it was trying to tell and then what it was actually doing. So, like for most of the game, your Max is trying to go basically like sober uh, and go straight, and sort of and basically like kick his pain pill and alcohol habit. Uh, as he tries to like reckon with himself, but then in every gunfight, like the moment you take damage, you just heal yourself by just popping loads of pain pills. Yeah, <laughs> and so like, <laughs> and so like while the story was like, it's Max getting sober, it'd be like, and have a gunfight. Like now, I need to take, uh, you know, you know, seven pots of codeine or whatever. <laughs> I find <laughs> whatever that less taking. of an issue just because Max Payne is stupid. As a franchise, it has some of the most hilariously stupid lines in it. Whereas, and it's kind of slightly more tongue-in-cheek. Yeah, a uh, little Max bit. Payne 3, but... Max Payne Three less so than the previous two. Yeah. Max Payne Three tries to be a, a bit more kind of uh, a lot more sort of gritty, real. But I think when you have that heritage of the, the first two as well, I can kind of go f- fine, fair enough. Uh, yeah. But when we're trying to kind of try, you're trying to convince me that. That Arthur is like feels remorse over the things he's done, and I've just left. I've just killed an entire town, basically, mm. and he's not really. He's sort of just not even sort of taken a second to go. Shit, uh, he's just sort of got on with it. It sort of it breaks the illusion a little bit. For me. I, yeah. You get a little bit of it, I guess, in some of his side missions where thinking. I'm thinking specifically of in uh, Saint Denis, where you help out the like the priest and then the nun and then the nun uh mm-hmm. and it's that whole thing of like arthur just like and it's quite towards it's well i guess you can play at any time but mm. the time i was playing it was very near towards the end of the game like arthur was like is he, like you notice that he's ill and it's like very clear that he hasn't gone on left and so a lot of the it felt like a lot of the side missions were him sort of trying to find some peace yeah uh which in mm-hmm. the storyline he's doing through just trying to help uh, John and Abigail escape and basically escape that life. Uh, yeah. Uh, but then, and he had constantly has these conversations with this nun, and she's like, "You know, you're a good man." And he's like, "I'm, I'm not a good man," which he was, which, which is like, which is tag, which is like his tagline by the end of the game, which to just say to everyone. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but some yeah. like just some of the, like some of those conversations that he has like uh, at the end of the game were, yeah, just some really lovely moments. 
Yeah, I think it does a good job of being quite affecting in some bits. Mm. Yeah, and then it does. It does have it does have this, like, I feel like it's kind of a rock star problem where like the game surprised me occasionally, but most of the time, you know, a rock star game where you start a side mission and it's something like we're gonna go down to the store and buy some horse tack mm. or something, and like immediately because you've played ten rock star games before, you just think. All right. At what point is everyone going to start trying to kill me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like nine times out of ten, you're right. Like there's just some excuse for a gunfight, mm. and it's just like, all right, okay. But I, there's a few missions in that in that game where like they they do let you take a bit of a breather for like immersion reasons, which is good. But then also a bunch where you know it's like here's some capital G gameplay where you shoot people. <laughs> yeah. Uh. And I think it benefits from those slowdown moments, and it means that the pace lets you kind of absorb what's happened, um, and how yeah. you like you really sort of see because there's so many different and interesting characters within the gang that it's nice to have those points where you can just sit down and just sort of get their take on what's happening. Uh, I'll just wander yeah. around camp and have a chat with them and see what they're what they're doing and like how they're coping maybe with the camp move or something that's happened recently, and that, that those bits are. Uh, to me the the highlight of it and I think that if more of those had been sort of more woven in instead of having loads of like gunfights and things or like mm-hmm. alternatives I would have enjoyed the story much more not to say I didn't enjoy it a lot still think it's incredible however I still think it like the, it could have been something something more yeah. than I feel like a series of gunfights with sort of the character bits almost optional because I think a lot of people will miss those, mm-hmm. and it feels like a shame. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, like, I feel like missed the wee parties they had. I thought, like, oh god, that party! I was like, all but just like all of the like the sort of tragic, like tragic, was it tragic irony of like no, like you know how it's all going to end, and you know that the gang is going to break up, and then John's going to have to come back and kill most of these characters. But like that party at the house in the swamps, mm. uh, I just like everyone's there like singing and having a great time and i ended up just like walking around in the shadows behind everyone just being like oh god this is all gonna end <laughs> just as some like miserable specter <laughs> <laughs> so yeah for me not to compare things to the witch 3 because it's hard to compare these to Witcher 3 because it is, it is incredible but like the way that Geralt can deal with stuff in a non-violent way feels like the way that Arthur shouldn't be able to deal with stuff in a non-violent way because in a lot of regards those two characters are quite similar and it felt like whereas Geralt can take a minute and like talk his way out of a situation or find a non-violent route Arthur's only the only option the world seems to provide him is is to have a gunfight which I get that the world's going to be like a dangerous horrible place however it, to the extent of which it happens would just be like doesn't make it makes no sense that that everyone's immediate op- reaction would be to have a gunfight with you when you've seen how many people there wouldn't be anybody left in the west <laughs> if that was yeah. the actual thing like everybody would be dead <laughs> yeah i think the time i noticed it maybe the most is is uh, is in in the pro in sorry in the epilogue bit we were playing as john uh and you just have to go and fight a rival like farm gang yeah and you show up and so like they steal some horses from the farm that you're working at and then you go over to their their ranch and you just like shoot up like 20 guys 
Which, like, you know, like in in video game terms, is pretty normal for. But it just it was just it was like it's just you shooting up twenty people, and you're meant to now be, and you're meant to be a law someone that is like a law abiding citizen lying low. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> it's over something relatively minor, considering like. <laughs> yeah, you just. The- yeah. I thought that bit was like it was almost a. I mean, I think you're kind of supposed to take it as like a character moment for John, where like you know, he he makes the motions of wanting to like you know settle down, but then like the second he can put the gun belt back on, it's like he's itching to do it. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I feel like yeah. he he sort of ent- like Arthur managed to instill the kind of morals in him, but John can't give it up because he just loves being a the sort of hit, the action hero. Yeah. Uh, even if he's if, if yeah. he thinks he doesn't. I think a lot of it is like, so I can understand from like Rockstar's perspective because at the end of the day, if you like were to write kind of like, I don't know, a design document for Red Dead 2, like the main gameplay loop would be shooting people. Yeah. So like they don't have that many uh, other facets of gameplay with like equivalent depth, like... There's not an in-depth dialogue system woven into the game, or well, I don't know. I feel like there's like, like there's the loop. So there's like the downtime loop of like yeah, go yeah. hunting, like just doing tasks to upgrade the camp, and it's sort of and I guess it, and then you got like the core mission loop of just shooting everyone. Yeah, so like I think I think like as a result, the game like a lot of Rockstar games leans heavily on just using shooting people as the gameplay experience because that's what the series is you know yeah so i feel like if they it obviously would have been a lot of work to come up with a huge alternate system of like equivalent depth to the shooting oh absolutely i think that's what people expect from a rockstar game as well is they expect that that Mm. loop of i go somewhere i shoot some people i have some dialogue i go somewhere else i shoot some people have some dialogue that it's what you come to expect from and this game is very very good at it Oh, it is. But there's a, there's a yeah. I feel like as it becomes better at the dialogue thing, it becomes a little more difficult to compartmentalize the constant murders. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do sure feel bad about killing all those people. Better go kill another twenty. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. Be it. Uh, all right. Should we wrap up on Red all Dead? Right. Uh, put a bow on it. Yeah. Put. Put a, I cried when the horse died. Oh my god! god. I just yeah. forgotten that. <sighs> that that scene. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I was the yeah. Right at the end of the game. Uh, and also that was the fact that it it was dependent on how bonded you were with your horse. Yeah, you use max uh, max horse points. Yeah, like that's what I liked because Arthur is is just a horse girl. Like through and yeah. through, <laughs> uh, and then he, and he passes that on to John as well. Like they're both horse girls. Um, so like the yeah, the part where your your horse dies, where he gets is fatally wounded, and if you're bonded enough, Arthur in the middle of a life or death like gun like gunfight, uh, stops to have a little goodbye moment and thank his horse for for being a good horse. Yeah. Oh, oh poor horse. Yeah, broke my heart. <laughs> Uh, I just remembered that other games. <laughs> it's kind of it was like, sorry, yeah. I remember that moment. It's kind of rude when I remember that I named my horse Megatron. <laughs> <laughs> you were a good boy, Megatron. 
Yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah, continue, George. I just remembered about that. <laughs> um, yeah. So, well, like, I guess looking back through, on Steam at least, games I've played this year, not a massive amount of, of new stuff. Um, like, I think most of the new games, like, basically, like, Apex kind of dominated the year in terms of new releases for me in terms of what I was playing mm. uh, I think basically beyond beyond that I only think I played Borderlands 3 and everything else is uh, old uh, so my Steam list is telling me yeah I think I'm similar I remember playing I played Sekiro for longer than I'd even imagined going to Playstation um, I remember playing that and really enjoying that that came out this year but then beyond that, I'm I do I'm struggling to think of any major 2019 releases that, like, I mean I played the Untitled Goose game and some other like smaller things that came out throughout the year, but like sort of big budget release wise, I don't know. The game that left the most impact on me all year has been Hollow Knight, and that came out 2018. Was it? I want to say, um, which I'm currently on my third playthrough of Hollow Knight. Is that it's that that's it? Well, it's sort of Metroidvania, right? Like it's a platformer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's 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 a uh, it's Metroidvania with sort of sort of similar storytelling tropes to Dark Souls, I'd say. Mm-hmm. In terms of, is not a lot of like there's not cutscenes like and things like that sort of explain what the world is. And it's a lot of just exploring and figuring stuff out, and the world is. Is amazing. The maps fantastic. If you've not read that, go read my thing on why the maps fantastic. Um, and yeah, it, the whole atmosphere, the soundtrack is just so good. And I think there's a expansion coming out this year, or like a sequel or something. So I'm I'm well looking forward to that. More Hollow Knight so, is good. So is it because it's two D? Is it quite a combat focused game, or is it more about the? Is it more about it, the sort of puzzles and like platforming? It does both remarkably well, to be honest. There's mm. sort of there's quite a lot of boss fights, so the combat comes in heavily there. But then traversing the environment, there's lots of sort of there are a lot of like little puzzles and lots of uh, interesting platforming bits. And as you kind of unlock more of the the powers that you get throughout the game, you just you in that classic uh, Metroidvania way, you're like, oh, now I can go back over there. And quite <laughs> often that leads to kind of a, a fun little like a, like a room puzzle and things. So. It really does have all of it. I think it is. I, I can probably confidently say that it is like the best game from that genre, including the two games that make up the name of that genre. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is just does it so well. It is incredible, and it's just so. It's it's such a massive world when you when you first play it, and you're like, right, yeah, okay. There's like there's going to be like a couple of like like environments. Oh no! There were like there were literally like like sixteen different like fully fledged environments that all make sense within the context of this this sort of underground world and and then there's like the dream world and there's just it's just so good. I if you haven't had a chance to play it, I highly recommend it. Um, and it works. It's I played it all the way through on Switch and um, it just works beautifully with the Switch. Nice, nice. Uh... So I've, I've played a lot of Dead Cells on the Switch, which is like, I guess it's time I've really gotten into a, a Metroidvania type. Mm. But I mean, I think we covered that what since a, a bit, while ago. 
it's a bit more rogue like though, isn't yeah, it? Um, yeah, Dead Cells yeah. is you, you have a run, you die, you, you start again. Yeah. Um, so in sort of Dark Soulsy fashion in Hollow Knight, if you die, you leave like behind your spirit, and if you go back, then you can collect all your shells and things back from the spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, interestingly, the spirit also will attack <laughs> you. So <laughs> yeah. What if you're... It, 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 which makes sense within the context of what if your pool well, of blood so. from Dark Souls was a dick? Just <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, also, and that also kind of knows your ability. So as you get stronger, so does your shadow. <laughs> All those cool magic spells you have, yeah, it knows that. <laughs> well, I guess I guess speaking like speaking of the Dark Souls of Metroidvanias, uh, I ended up playing the what's it, the Dark Souls uh, of Star Wars, because uh, uh, I, I realized that I picked uh, up. Uh, what's it? Jedi Fallen Order, but I'm only mm. sort of I'm still sort of near the beginning-ish of it. I've heard it's real good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I, re- so I, I I would say I'm like a few hours in, I mean, I'm and I like it a lot so far. Um, the story's I'm a bit. Surprised gutt, when I heard but, that, like, so you know, the Call of Duty guys have made a Star Wars game, and it's like a Dark Souls game, and I was like, what? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I like cuz I am a coward and I hate hard games. Uh never played a Dark Souls game. Uh So I I, I, I feel like it might be a little bit more forgiving than Dark Souls cuz it has a thing of like So as far as I can so whenever you die it like resets the level, puts you back to the last place you meditated. Hmm. Uh and then you lose all your XP. And you have to go and basically you have to go and hit oh, okay. the person that uh, killed you, and then you get it all back, and it refills your health. Um, and it's the one thing that I really appreciated was that because there's a lot of like sort of level puzzles and platforming and jumping about. <laughs> uh, it's the Uncharted of Dark Souls of Star Wars. <laughs> uh, if you fall off the map and like kill yourself through the environment. It doesn't reset your progress. It literally just puts you back on the ledge that you fell off. Oh, that's nice. So there's a nice blend of like the combat is a challenge that you have to be wary of because if it if it kills you, it'll reset your progress. Mm. Whereas the environment puzzles yeah. have uh, that thing. I've of, always like, liked the kind of compromise you for like, like you know, you die and you just yeah, try again. It'll just pop you back uh, up because otherwise you would lose like an hour of progress or something and have to do it all again. <laughs> maybe it'll, maybe it can take a little health off me, you know, just to make me make me suffer a little bit. But yeah. Please don't just kill me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, even like think, the combat I think I just is, heard is, is never too punishing. Because, like, like, you never go back if you, that Isn't far. there like a, a, like a mini-boss that you run into right at the start of the game that you're supposed to come back and kill later? That's like this weird frog creature. Oh yeah, no, I, I, I just, I ran into You'll that over and over and over really again. Because I was like, I'm probably meant to kill this later, uh, but rip. I'm going to be stubborn and I'm going to do it at the start of the game. <laughs> <laughs> nah, they were crap. <laughs> they wouldn't, they were not worth it. <laughs> um, I feel like we should take a second just to go like how much Dark Souls has yeah. sort of changed the decade in games. Like everything, like, it's incredible to see its influence throughout the decade. Well, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a brilliant video on uh, Polygon. What's it? Uh, Patrick. Mm. 
horrendous Kill. Yeah, but it's you know he made a video called the Dark Souls of Decades about both right. the decade being the Dark Souls of Decades, but also the decade being def- very much defined by Dark Souls. Yeah, uh, interesting. Just in, like and its Dark influence Souls. on every other game. Yeah, was, yeah, really interesting. That sounds really interesting. Yeah, uh, it really is. Like I mean, we've just talked about two games that <laughs> that have like major Dark Souls influences. Um, and it's yeah, everything kind of wants to is taken so many elements from it. It's really. Yeah, quite impressive. It also, just uh, the fact that it's I'd become like to, a much a like. I, I feel sorry I guess a for cultural touch point poor Demon Souls games. That it never gets the credit. It is the first one. Yeah, wrongly yeah. or rightly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think right. it's a weird thing. It doesn't. And yeah, I, yeah, think I just I think it, it's kind of I weird how everyone's like. I feel like maybe because it was an exclusive and it's it, it is a bit dated. But it's like everyone's always like, you know, Dark Souls just appeared out of nowhere and revolutionized everything. And it's like, well, you know, they made this game like four years before that that is basically the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. Like an early yeah. PS3 exclusive too. It was the the hazard of being. It was a PS3 kind of. Exclusive I, I remember Demon Souls was kind of a like a. I think uh, it was when it was like fair enough. It was still kind of niche yeah, compared to Dark Souls. It. Like uh, Dark Souls kind of blasted onto the scene and became mad popular, but you know, yeah, yeah, and it had that Bandai um, sort of publisher backing as well. Whereas, yeah, it, I never. Really My friend saw had it. I just remember hearing like, "Oh, it's came out. the I hardest game ever," and so the, on. The and I was like, going, well, I don't have a PS3, so fuck what it. is this? This looks interesting. Uh, yeah, it was. It was stupid hard. That was like oh, yeah. um, <laughs> all the time. <laughs> it, it's like the cursing in in, uh, in Dark Souls where your health yeah. would get halved, I'm... but then that would just happen. Yeah, that was the worst. All the time, you endlessly, once. and you'd just be yeah. like, I've got like a 16th health twice. bar, what's no going shit. on? I don't <laughs> even know times. how to progress oh, anymore in the game. <laughs> I don't even remember how you got it back. I think you needed a consumable or something, didn't you? And... Oh, Christ. <laughs> 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 um, Sounds about right, yeah. So I played more things than I, I thought, because I went yeah. and Googled... Uh, but- Googled uh, uh, games for 2019. Gav? So you've been playing this year. This year I played obviously a lot of Apex. We both played a lot of Apex. Uh, I played The Outer Worlds. I played the similarly titled but not yeah, even really related Outer Wilds. Borderlands Three. Still to play both of those. Those are both on my list of things to play. Uh, I've got the Outer Worlds and I've started it. It was basically I picked yeah. up. I picked them both up. Played in a bit of Mortal Kombat 11. Short, like sort of some. Uh, yeah, when they came Devil May Cry 5. Only at the first couple of missions of Gears 5 because it's on Game Pass. Uh, and Total War Three Kingdoms. And Astral Chain, and other bits and bobs really that I've kind of I forgot about until I looked at them and I was like, oh. oh. I'm playing Double Yeah, they're Final interesting, Man, aren't they? Um, it's alright so far. I've been enjoying it. I think that the V missions are the best ones of the ones I've done so far. His, like, sort of different take on a third-person action game is really interesting. Um, and I found Nearest to be the most boring, even though everyone's been, like, hyping up the, the whole arm yeah. gadget thing. 
find it just a little bit too. I feel like some of them are like. like I've done one of the I often end up just ones, carrying like, around like three of the same it, one because it's and good and ignoring the in bad a rush ones. Rush to do it again. Um, so he has this like. So, are you familiar with Nero from Devil May Cry? What, what, what's the oh. what's the yeah. young gadget? He the, he 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 is a coat wearer. He's he's like the the young gun. He had this. He has the, uh, he's devil the one that arm. Wears a coat. Is the irritating and one. at the start of Devil May Cry Five, some mysterious individual played, shows up the... and cuts it off, mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, he instead gets it replaced with disposable robot arms that you can blow up at will and <laughs> throw at people and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Like from things like oh. you can surf on an arm to one makes like a, just a massive. Like laser beam, <laughs> sort of bendy. Yeah, I, I guess they, they sound like upgrades that were cut from Metal Gear Solid Five for Snake's arm. They kind of are, I suppose. <laughs> Let us do it. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not disappointed that you couldn't surf on the rocket arm. That oh, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> you eventually unlock. <laughs> oh, and his uh, his his sword has like a yeah, and that kind of ties in like where you can like like that unlock as you rev it up and like abilities that you can use it when it's revved up it a bit more, and some of them damage. then give you the bar um, back and it's kind of I think it's interesting he has a it's all right because you you kind of manage that and you kind of start to get into the flow of it I feel like sometimes it doesn't quite mesh too well with the uh, the robot arm stuff yeah. but sometimes you can use it to exploit a weakness or save yeah. yourself so. Yeah. Yeah. I just found that the nearest that didn't have that yeah. same loop that uh that so the 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 V stuff has a yeah. loop of I've never done this before, this is interesting. Uh the Dante stuff has the loop of I'm gonna find loads of cool new stuff. Whereas new yeah, one is like I find a new arm, I use it once and now I'm kind of like and I use it at the beginning of the mission because you get it immediately, <laughs> you get a bit excited yeah, and use it. And then you're like and then in, in, I like the like mobility like, options some of the arms offer, like, like the ones where you can like punt yourself through the air and stuff. That's fun. Anything but... else? I yeah, <clears throat> it's just not as interesting because V is very unique. That is v true. is the new character yeah. for oh, this it's game. Not, it's, not by a, no, it's by no means bad. I'm just um, um, like yeah, like an an edgy poetry quarter. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I mean, he, he's not really got like an it's edgy like... personality, but he 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 he. he yeah, he is a bit like a character you would have seen described as an OC in a he Harry Potter like fan it. fiction. He looks like it. He looks like he's meant to be. Um, he's got he's, he's like this guy with a cane who goes around quoting Shakespeare and summoning demons. <laughs> I don't know, maybe or or the. So is is he is he the is he the is he the self insert in fan fiction? Like <laughs> that's I don't know. Yeah, he's cool though because he summons like these weird demon creatures. <laughs> yeah because he doesn't actually he can't actually do damage himself he can just sort of finish off enemies so you use your three well two mainly and like your third special one to kind of hit them and whittle them down they've all got their own individual uh, like combos and stuff and they can both be hitting the same thing at once you t- your raven and your jaguar it's yeah it's really interesting especially because the camera stays locked on V. Yeah, so you kind of this stuff sort of happens around. Like you use him. the attack button. So are you controlling really the demons that he summons directly, or are you kind of yeah? And they're on health bar. You, you don't. Yeah, you use the attack buttons, but you move V. Okay. So they have their own individual inputs, 
so you still do combo. They're in health bars. Um, so yeah, yeah, it just makes it. It just it changes entirely how um, your sort of standard man with sword combat works because you are no longer yeah. man with sword. You are just... a man with cane who cannot use said cane and. Unless there's very specific circumstances <laughs> and yeah. three animals, I feel like there is yes. kind of a, a disconnect. Oh, well, the third one's not really an animal. It's kind you of either like feel like you're some kind of golem type thing, magical wizard, you know, controlling these pets at once, or you just feel like you have two non-functional arms and you're just kind of flapping around, like, oh god, where's? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like run away, run away, run away. <laughs> and then, then, like you're like, yeah, but, why is my jaguar over there? Dead and you're Come like, back, shit, <laughs> help me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of the bits where there's like, like a, you have to a, like summon it back and send it out again. And the jaguar's just sort of stuck cool, behind cool. it, trying to hit through it. And you're like, no, 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 go around the object. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've played a wee bit. Definitely, definitely the highlights from it. Um, it's longer than I thought it was going to be as well. Yep, it's on Game Pass. Uh, Same. I've done like twelve missions. Um, yep, exactly. It's, it's game Pass it's is on good, Game Pass. It's good value. I'm not going to lie. It's good so yeah, so Outer Wild. Also, I've not played Outer it, but they also have Untitled Goose Game on uh, there now. So the, biggest release of the it, year. It is really good value. They're, they're the next on my list after. Yeah, I want to play it. No. No, it's on everything. It's. I mean, it's, I think I thought, it's I like thought, a natural, natural fit for the Switch. Switch exclusive. It's, uh, yeah, it's on the Xbox oh, and no. the PC. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I've got I got on Switch when it came out because it was like slightly reduced, and I thought, why not? I feel like being a goose. Um, yeah, you silly nice. goose. It's basically the it's basically Hitman without <laughs> killing people with a goose. <laughs> I guess you I imagine you turn on the same number of taps. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> create create yeah. similar amounts of puddles about about the place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can do Did similar things play you Death just throw everything in the lake and just watch as everyone despairs no, as no, you throw everything. Well, not in too the bad lake. then. <laughs> yeah. No, no. I, might, I might play it eventually. As soon as I heard that it was going to be sixty hours or something stupid, I was like, "No." <laughs> True. Probably, and I would, you know, three of three of those sixty hours probably are some gameplay in between the cutscenes. <laughs> I mean, I've got no issue with it in premise, but I was like, "I'm not. I just, I'm not going to find time for it right now." Um, do I necessarily want to spend fifty pound on it? Uh, something that that I already know I'm probably not going to enjoy to the extent of. I don't know, like, for example, I really enjoy playing Sekiro. I don't think I was going to get the same <laughs> level of uh, engagement from it. But I do yeah. know that it's kind of what I wanted, like, from a sort of sort of hiking mm-hmm. game, almost. <laughs> I did not. I've been meaning um, so to. So I'm kind of intrigued on that level. I have felt bad because not only did I not finish Dark Souls Jam, 3, so I got distracted by the games, I also didn't finish uh, Neo which is not by the same people, but it's a similar kind of game. And so I was like, well, I feel bad for not completing the other samurai-themed uh, demon-killing game first. <laughs> yeah, I didn't finish Nero. Yeah, Sekiro is, is better than Nero. I think Neo is like... So I like the yeah, they're quite non-boss fights of Neo because I feel like the boss fights generally put you in a much smaller space and restrict what you can do and 
everything's like very like hyper aggressive whereas the normal bits it's kind of like f- picking a path and using very specific things to do it and that really didn't get on with any yeah. of the boss fights um whereas i think Sekiro is kind of the best of, of both like it, it does it all really well my only thing to say with Sekiro is don't like start it and then stop and then try and play it again because it's i that's what i did i finished the game started on new mm-hmm. game plus then probably didn't play it for about three months two months Picked it up again when oh my god I'm so bad I have no idea what I'm doing. It requires a very specific skill set I think that you gradually yeah. learn as you go through the game. So if you sort of drop it halfway, you just you just end up being shafted. Um, however, it is really good. Um, it's the most like a, like samurai you could possibly feel like in a game I think. Um, from the clips I saw of the zip, like the because you have like a zip line hand, right, that lets yeah, you do some acrobatic stuff. Yeah, yeah. I always thought I was like that, like the excitingness of that sort of mobility did briefly tempt me to have a go at it, but I was like, no, I would just be bad. Well, <laughs> and I think it's actually probably one of the easier ones to learn to be good at because you don't, especially if you're not playing a Dark Souls game or a Bloodborne, like you don't bring any misconceptions of what you expect from a FromSoft style game because it's mm-hmm. in, it's completely its own thing it's in no way similar in terms of how you would you would play it it's very sort of um in a in like a like a samurai fight mm-hmm. it's like you pick your moments and you it's like quick bursts of of action with like just like a final ending and it because it you rather than dealing damage to a health bar you kind of parry and, oh, yeah. and and strike back to try and stagger the opponent and then once you've staggered them you go in with for a finishing blow where and then some bosses have like multiple bars so it ends up being a like wonderfully sort of cinematic and b it means that you rather than feeling like oh, i finally whittled down that health bar it always ends in like a a way that feels gratifying feels like you've earned something and as you gradually learn because not like a million different weapons either. Like a lot of Dark Souls games, you learn how to use a very, very small selection of, uh, of of things, and it means yeah. that by the end of it, you feel a real. I mean to get it, to get around to eventually. So I'll be saying for the rest of my life. Um, That's cool. It's it's really good. I would I would highly recommend it. Um, the world is also just amazing, <laughs> just to explore and yeah. just wander around in, which is why somehow oh. I managed to spend sixty hours playing it when I thought I'd probably maybe done half that. So, um, yeah, and and I never found that while you die a lot in it, like I never felt yeah. like I died due to any kind of unfairness or um, I never felt discouraged okay. at any point. So it, it does a really good job of, of kind of being like, just one more go, just one more go. Mm-hmm. And then, like, if you can't do that, there's loads of other things for you to explore and try and do. Um, so you never get like hit like a dead end. Whereas I think that that is, I certainly found that was possible with, with Dark Souls 3. Like I was like, I need to do this sort of bottlenecked boss to go through and do something else. There's not really anywhere else to go. Um, with Sekiro, there was always kind of something, some sort of mystery to find or like something else to explore and try and get like some more health or try and power up in some way to try and like come back later. Or like just sort of, so suddenly it'll just click as to how to defeat a boss and then you'll be you'll just you feel like an absolute 
legend when you do it as afterwards. After failing at doing something like 30 times and then doing it, you're like, fucking hell, <laughs> I need to go for a lie down. <laughs> I, I do really like the idea of the, the fact that like rather than having a health bar, it's a kind of stamina bar and that when you do hit them, it's a kind of like a lethal hit so that it feels like it, it sounds very sword fighty, almost like um, it... for honour. I can't want to say dishonoured, but I was like, nope, it's yeah, a different honour. There was like a samurai fighting yeah, was game that, that was a oh, bit I know the one you mean. like that. I can't remember what it was called, but it was uh, like a the PS1 dueling over in like one. Called, like a few moves. Yeah, I can't think of what it's called, but it. it... Uh, I had it, and I was it was it was very difficult because you it was all about like. Uh, there was one on PC yeah. where you had to like. Is it Bushido Blade? Are we it was called about like Blade? you. You had like, loads like of different I remember that was the one where you could like get like, your legs cut off and stuff, and, and, then, <laughs> and then you just had to like crawl around yeah, on the ground. Yeah, that's what we're the game was of, hellish. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's the one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's not that. I, I can't think it is. I'm not going yeah, to that, that's the one I, I was thinking of. But yeah, also unlike Nero, there's not. You don't have like. You have to manage three different stances and loads of different things. You very much manage your your block and your strike, and then you gradually learn like a couple of neat combos, and everything builds upwards from one central thing. Whereas. Especially when you start first jump into playing playing Neo, it's like right, I've got to learn three different stances, potentially like six different types of weapon. Also, I've got magic, uh, and there's like sneaking, and it's like oh my god, this is so much information. <laughs> Sekiro is like you've got a sword, you hit people with it, and you also parry. Can play the game, <laughs> uh, which is it just sort of yeah, and everything sort of it, it very much builds organically, and you feel like you right. grow as a ninja samurai man. Uh, also, it looks amazing. It's one of those beautiful games. Yeah, we all played a lot of games. And we've talked about nice. them in our previous podcast. Well, Go listen to them. Seems like right. a positive note to end on. We did, actually. That said, I was going to say we talked about... No, I mean, I guess yes. we talked on a podcast in August. Like, we actually enjoyed some games. Which is... <laughs> but, yeah, Borderlands 3 is good. It's like a Borderlands game, but good. <laughs> you know? That you shoot things, the shooting's good. That's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, I, I stuff up off the ground. I sort of bounced off Borderlands Two, but the, put it on yourself. Just the, the very satisfying guns in Borderlands Three get gets a big thumbs up. Yeah, mm-hmm. I finally got into Destiny Two this year. Actually, I picked up like the the Forsaken that came with like a whole crap ton of expansions. Um, I finally got played. Just play. I only played the single player. I, I can't be bothered. Yeah, with, like, raids and PvP and stuff, but like. Those are just some of the most ridiculous, silly story modes <laughs> in any game <laughs> that are just sort of presented so seriously that it's just it so cheesy. Job, I, I absolutely love too. it. I, think, I hope that they continue yeah. to make... My, my main gripe with that game was forever. that... It's just so stupid. I don't know. <laughs> they existed? I don't know. Not really. Like, I don't know. It's like, because yeah. the first Destiny... So I felt like, morally speaking, when the first Destiny came out, it was so resoundingly crap that I was almost upset that it got a second chance because I was like, why are people still playing this tremendously boring game rather than doing anything <laughs> useful with their life? Um, and then Destiny 2 <laughs> came out and it was all right, but it still kind of made the yeah. same mistakes where it's like, oh, there's hardly any content yeah. at launch and you need to wait for expansions. And <laughs> Anyway, I'm just whinging. I'm just whinging. Yeah, I do feel like people... I just kind of... I do sort of feel like people play, like play it in the wrong way almost like it's not i don't think it's ever it's ever going to be like like 
the equivalent of World of Warcraft in a in like a sci-fi shooter. It's it, I I I treat yeah. it more as a stupid campaign that's set in like like space wizards that occasionally I play with someone I know. Um, they, if you're expecting it to to take up to be able to absorb as much time as oh, things well. as like an actual MMO, you, you're not going to get it. Just it's not physically possible for them to to do. I don't think. Uh, however, stupid campaigns so good. So th- there's one brief spoiler as to the stupid campaign in Destiny uh, that you go into a virtual world stop the alien vex race that can also time travel, uh, and it turns out that within the virtual world they've been running v- simulations to try and take over the universe, but also they've got time travel, so they've seen every possible outcome, <laughs> and you have to try and stop the alien by blowing up. But obviously, because it can time travel, it just it's just back again. <laughs> it's like okay. This doesn't make any sense. I don't understand what's going on. Oh, well, I don't eventually understand how, you'll shoot the robot how we ever beat something that can obviously time travel before a point that yeah. we've met it. <laughs> how do we win? Uh, it's just... That's like my... That is exactly how it's resolved and it's like epic music. That's one of my things with Destiny thing. where it was like, oh, oh just, so, yeah. you know... It's the right level this of just sort of stupid... Immortal, uh, ancient, powerful FPS being. I, I just, you must go and level. shoot it until it dies. Like, and that that's basically the whole game. Like... This evil threat from beyond the stars go into its house and shoot it until it yep, dies. I'm down so, with okay. that. I'm totally down with that. <laughs> True. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's most. That's most uh, like game adaptations of Lovecraft, right? It's like unknowable cosmic threats can be stopped. <laughs> I've got a double barrel shotgun. shotgun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, oh. yeah, Oryx is a bit kind of like and get to talk so. about your miniatures, then. right? For if next we wrap time? up in the next forty-five for next seconds, okay. we've nailed them. Does anyone have podcast. any games from twenty nineteen okay. before we so, before we go? That save it for another you, time. You're wanting to play for another time that you've missed. No, oh, the remake. Yeah, I heard that was good. I want to finish yeah. the Wilds. I want to finish Fallen Order. Resident Evil Two. Actually, I really want to. It was good. I played. That was a game I forgot to mention to play. Real good. Don't usually like horror games. The one that I missed. Never played I a Resident to go Evil back game. Is a Disco Elysium. I played. I didn't play it, campaign. and I heard it. I heard it's just Big incredibly good. As like a a role playing game, couple layers. Oh yes. Uh, the yeah, control, yeah. Good. yeah, and um, controls meant to be really good as well. Actually, by so Ramble, like play that. I own that. Not played it. And uh, Astral Chain. Oh, and yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? Point as well. but <laughs> I'm starting to list like 60-hour experiences that I, I don't know when I'm ever gonna. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so this is the way. Uh, aspirational uh, purchases might be happening in the next few months. Of <laughs> they'll sit yeah, on my shelf for years. I have I got that humble bundle, many a like a PS4 game. I've still not played years. beyond Fuck. the first 15 minutes <laughs> right. of Tales of Berseria. <laughs> Happy note. Uh, Happy note. Yep, we've all enjoyed games this year. Too many more gamings. Alright, okay. We ended on a happy note. Let's not get depressed now. (laughs) Goodbye. Thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Goodbye. Goodbye.